around the world today, Catholics gather to receive Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. And today we are a blessed people because we're here in this church on this day, responding to the grace of God who calls us to the altar. God calls us to the altar because that's the reference point from which God invites all of us to live our lives from. And we're going to talk about this and how in these readings today that God gives us, these scripture readings from Joshua 24 and from the second reading from Ephesians chapter 5 about marriage, life, and love, and how that connects to the great mystery of Christ's love for His church, which, as I said, is what we are celebrating here at this Mass. And then on our Gospel, how this is not an easy thing to live. Many, it says, return to their former ways of life because this is a hard teaching to accept. So let's talk about how God's speaking to His church throughout the world today. And you know, just a quick footnote to all this, it's a blessing as Catholics. And you know, all of us... Wherever we are around this world today, are reflecting on these same exact readings. Isn't that amazing? What other church can say that? We, as Catholics, are reflecting on the same scripture readings all throughout the world. All billion plus of us are reflecting on these readings, at least those who are at Mass this morning. And so this is, this is amazing. This is a sign of the unity of the church, of how God established His church and established this church to be His body. You know, a body is one. It's unified. Um, so there's many members, but one body. And God's through His Word and reflection today, He's calling His body to a unity. We were going in a bit to receive communion, union with God and each other as we celebrate the Holy Mass and Holy Communion. So in our readings today, I'd like to start by saying, which way is true north? Can you point to true north right now? To north. Where's north? North is that way. It's toward the altar. At least the way this church is laid out. North is that way. And if we don't have an understanding of which way is north, then we're lost. We don't have a reference point from which we can get from point A to point B. We will be confused if we're driving through the city and we don't have an understanding of which way is north, south, east, and west. We're going to be lost. And we're never going to get to our destination. And eventually, if you keep driving around and driving around without asking for directions or looking at some map, we eventually run out of gas. And so in our world today, it's important for us all to have a reference point, true north. And so we look at the altar the Eucharist, as the source and summit of our faith, as our reference point to live from. And so, again, the world, if we don't know which way is north, you know, many of you, you're sitting where you are right now and you, you don't know which way is north. Well, I can tell you that that's north when it's actually south or that's west when it's actually east. And if you believe me, then you're going to go in the wrong direction. So, again, in our world today where everyone's saying, that's north, that's north, or this is the way, do this, or follow this way. You know, every commercial you watch and every um, advertisement, it's always saying, this is the way to happiness. And we know as Catholics, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, that he says in the Bible, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So for us to experience life to the full, happiness, which is heaven for us to meet and reach our potential, our destination, we have to know where we're going. 
And to know where we're going, we need to have a reference point. So the Lord today is saying to us all, which way are you going? Do you know in what direction you're moving? And so this morning, as I said, you've all got up. You responded to God's grace. The Holy Spirit breathed into you, or if you will, blew you in the direction of church. And you followed. And you're now sitting here around this altar. And you're experiencing with me this great mystery. And so we give thanks to God for this wonderful gift of the Eucharist, the source and the summit of our faith. And in our first reading from Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, Um, verses 15 to 17 and and verse 18. It says here, Joshua gathered together all the tribes of Israel. He summoned all the elders, the leaders, their judges, their officers. So God is summoning humanity through Joshua. And why is Joshua being called to gather humanity, to gather the people of God? Because see, the people of God are lost. This is one definition of being a sinner. You know, there's a difference between living in sin and struggling with sin. You know, there's a difference between knowing where you're going and knowing north, south, east, and west and getting there. Yeah, it might take you time and struggle to get there, but you're going to get there. As opposed to someone who don't know what north, south, east, and west is, and they're just driving around, if you will, lost, living lost. So Joshua's calling the people together, humanity together. God has inspired, anointed and bless Joshua to gather his people together as a people of Israel. And what does Joshua do? He calls them. He challenges them. He says to them, If it does not please you to serve the Lord, decide today whom you will serve. The God of your father served beyond the rivers or the gods of the Amorites in whose country you are now dwelling. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So whom do you serve? In what direction are you moving? Are you moving toward the kingdom, toward heaven? Are you living in the kingdom? Are you living the experience of God's love here and now? So who are you serving? And then it says here, the people responded with a resounding yes. They said, far be it from us, Lord, to forsake you for the service of other gods, false gods. For it was the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt out of slavery. So these people, because of Joshua's word that God has given him to speak, again, in Joshua speaking to all of humanity and and to the people of God, and he's calling them to live their lives with the reference point who is Jesus Christ and his church. Who's Jesus? The word of God. So do you stand on Jesus? Do you stand on the word of God? Or do you stand on the public opinion? Where do you stand? Whom will you serve? Because see, serving the Lord is not easy. When you come up to communion today, you're going to say, Amen. That means, so be it. That means, I'm willing to make you, Lord, my reference point of life. Meaning, everything I do revolves around Christ, who is the source, summit, the center of my life. Lord, you are the center of my life. Amen. The body of Christ. Amen. So be it. There's a lot there to chew on. And you know, when you say amen to receiving Jesus, you're saying amen to live Jesus. Not just come up to communion and go back and go back to your former way of life. Because what's the gospel say? The gospel says, 
when Jesus spoke to his apostles concerning the Eucharist and what it actually means to come to Mass, live the Mass in your life, he's speaking of how we're all called, like Jesus, to let Jesus, if you will, through us as his mystical body, through us, Jesus says, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. So God's calling us not to just receive him in communion. I guess you could ask, what does it mean to receive him? And it means to receive into you the way of life that God has designed you for, created you for. And so in our gospel, it says, as he was speaking, the people respond to Jesus saying, this is a hard saying, who can accept it? And Jesus says he knew that they were murmuring. And Jesus responds to them, does this shock you? I think that's an awesome question. Does it shock you that you're called to live the Eucharist? Does it shock you that you're called to die for your wife, husbands? Does it shock you, wives, that you're called to die for your husbands? And husbands, does it shock you you're called to die for your wife and your kids? And, and think about a woman who's pregnant. She literally gives up her lifeblood so that this baby could have lifeblood. So you could see the connection between abortion, euthanasia, anything that says, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to allow others to receive life by me giving up my energies, my time, my talents. You can see how the mindset behind abortion is contraceptive, meaning contra to life, against life. And that's a selfish mindset. It's a mindset that says, I'm more important than everything. Instead of life revolving around Christ, my life revolves around me. So you can see coming to Mass, receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, being empowered to make Christ the reference point, the goal of my life, to let Him live through me. And we can all say we've honestly can say with our hearts, yes, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? And the Lord's saying, I'm not asking you to accept this on your own abilities and efforts and energies. I'm asking you to accept this in faith, knowing that I, the living God, will complete in you the work that I began in you at baptism, at confirmation. So we are all being called to let the Holy Spirit through this Mass enter into us, empower us, like fuel for an engine. No fuel, no fire. No fire, nothing happens. The Holy Spirit is the fire from heaven, the fuel that God gives to us as men and women to live out the call of being a holy people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood. So does it shock you that you are the mystical body of Christ? Do you know who you are? You're the body of Christ. When you come up to communion, I'm saying the body of Christ. I'm not saying that just this is the body of Christ, which it is, physically, substantially, truly present. But I'm also saying to you, you are the body of Christ. And you're saying amen, meaning I know who I am in Christ. And you're being called again to live this out. And so again, Christ is our reference point, our true north. He's the one who gives us direction from this earth to heaven and the cross is the bridge from earth to heaven are you on the bridge or are you saying with the world oh if you want to call south north and east west and 
west, east, and north, south. If you want to call this north for you, that's fine for you. If you want to call that south and it's north, that's fine for you. You guys can all make up your own directions of how you want to live your life. That is insanity. If we had no maps and no order, no direction, there would be chaos everywhere. And I think if we look at our world today, think about what's going on around us. Wars, violence, suicide, depression, anxiety. You know, this stuff has been around, but I think we could all agree that there's a point of humanity feeling a sense of uh, despair and a sense of what's my life about? This is what midlife crisis is. When people make work their reference point or success their reference point, what happens? They go into depression because they realize that work didn't make them happy. They, what they thought would make them happy didn't. You know, um, what you thought would make you uh, joyful didn't. And so what you stood on fell apart. You know, who's your foundation? You know, build your house, Jesus says, on rock, not on sand. Because when the winds come and the rains fall and the floods come, if your house isn't built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, the rock, your house is going to be torn down. You're going to fall apart. And I think all of us honestly could say, you know, this is the whole movement, the AA, you know, uh, movement is you got to hit bottom sometimes to realize I need help. I need help. You need to know you're a sinner and that you're lost before you can be saved. And I think all of us need to be able to say in prayer. And see, this is why prayer is important because without prayer, you're just going to keep going in this direction without reflecting you know, is this really the way I'm called to live my life? You know, the world says this is north. But is it? You know, we get our reference point not from the world but from Christ. So again, this is a challenge. And so after we hear about this true message of the Eucharist for the last three Sundays in John chapter 6, if you haven't read John 6, read it. It's a powerful scripture that affirms what we believe is Catholics. We are not here looking at a symbol in the tabernacle or a symbol on the altar. We believe that Jesus is truly, physically, substantially present as He was when He walked the earth here and now. In a sacramental way, Christ is truly present. The same Christ in heaven, the glorified Jesus, is truly present in the Eucharist. And so, is that crazy? Is that a hard saying? Well, according to the world, who lives a faithless life and tries to understand everything before they choose to move in faith, you know, yeah, it is hard. And I would challenge all of our Protestant brothers and sisters, read chapter 6 of John. You need to look and pray through the Scripture carefully all throughout church history. Look at the catacombs, the early church. There's pictures of the Eucharist being lived. Jesus commands His church, do this in memory of Me. Do what? Celebrate the new covenant. Where did Christ establish the new covenant? Where did he establish the new covenant? The new covenant, the new testament. The whole point of the new testament is Christ who says, I eagerly have waited to celebrate this Passover with you. And I challenge our Protestant brothers and sisters. You know, we can learn a lot as Catholics from you, from them, but they can learn a lot from us. This church, we didn't make the Eucharist up. You know, Jesus gave us the Eucharist. And you all are blessed to have the grace to be in these pews, to be where you are listening and sitting here at the Mass. Wow. You're going to receive God Himself. And if you don't believe that, 
I'd like you to look at all the Eucharistic miracles that have occurred throughout the ages. There are miracles where the consecrated hosts and the consecrated wine, which is the body and blood of Christ, have turned to real blood or heart tissue. And you don't believe that, you need to do some research. Don't just say, oh, that's not possible. Research it. Look it up. Read it. This is not something that we should just like nonchalantly just say, oh, that's nice. Do you understand? Does it shock you? Do you realize where you are right now? So, if you want an example of that, you can go to my website. I have a video, an hour video on Eucharistic miracles. Um, that's a weddingfeastofthelamb.com, no spaces. www.weddingfeastofthelamb.com, no space. Or you can go to St. Robert's website, the parish I'm at here, and um, you can uh, link to my website from St. Robert's website. So watch that video. It'll build your faith up in the Eucharist and pass it on. Pass it on to family who've left the church because they've left the Eucharist. Those who are Protestant that never brought up to understand this truth that we as Christians are called into. The new covenant was established at the new Passover, at the Eucharist. Jesus at the Last Supper said, this is my body, this is my blood. And you know, many of these disciples were walking away because of this teaching. And what happened? Jesus didn't say, hey guys, wait a minute. I was just talking, you know, symbolically. It's not really me, but this is just symbolically. You know, it's a metaphor. You know, there's nothing there. No, he said to his, he, not after everyone said, do you want to leave? You know, they walked away. He looked right at his 12 disciples whom he spent three years training and teaching. And he says, write to them. Write at Simon Peter, the first pope, the leader of the apostles. He said to Peter, do you want to also leave? Meaning, hey, I stand, Jesus is like, I stand on my teaching. I stand on what I'm establishing. This is my new covenant. This is how I've decided to establish it. I'm inviting you to share in the new covenant to receive me in the Eucharist, to become one with me. You know, before he goes to the cross, he has the Last Supper. Why? Because it's the wedding feast of the Lamb. He has to become one flesh with his bride, the church, before he goes to the cross. Because when he dies, we die. When he rises, we rise. Why do we rise and die? Because he joined himself to us in body, blood, soul, and divinity at the Eucharist, the Last Supper. And we don't say Christ is dying over and over and over at every Mass. We are entering into the one sacrifice, the one priesthood, the one offering of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And what is those sin? What is sin? Being lost. And why are we lost? Because we don't have Christ in the church as our reference point to living this life. And so, I'd like to just take a moment to look at our second reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 32. And in this reading, it says here, Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. Husbands is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, he himself the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her. Wow. Now, if our reference point for marriage is the world's vision and plan, 
where they say it doesn't matter if two men marry or two women marry. It doesn't matter if you go that way or this way or where you want to go, you go. You make your own directions, your own map of happiness. You know, that only leads to a sense of life has no meaning. And we start to eventually just feel more and more selfish because we're doing what we want to do, what I want to do. The word sin has a big I, S-I-N. We are disobedient in doing what we want rather than God wants, what God wants. And so God is saying to us, let me love you. Whom will you serve? Will you let me use you to bring others into Christ? And he's looking right here at married love. Married love is from which all of humanity stems. No male and female, no humanity. God has stamped his plan right in creation. Husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. If our reference point for marriage is Christ in the church, again, the altar where Christ lays his life down for the church, that's why we don't get married at beaches because marriage isn't, all fun and beach. Marriage is a sacrifice. So we stand at the altar and exchange vows. This is precisely why the church says you can't get married on the beach or at the zoo. Marriage isn't the zoo and it's not the beach. Marriage is a holy, holy exchange of love between a man and a woman who are meant to make visible and symbolize and reflect in a sacramental way the love of Christ in the church. So we look at the crucifix and we see how a husband should love his wife. Now, ladies, if you have a man that lives the mission of Christ for you, you should all be clapping right now. But if the world is our reference point for marriage, you should all be booing. See, the reason women don't always like this reading, and we can think, well, Paul's a male chauvinist. Um, this is why false, this false feminism is basically a misunderstanding of how men are called to love women. And men need to be challenged to live Christ for their wives and for all women. And you know, there's a, there's a, um, uh, a movement, it's called a E5 Men, Ephesians 5 Men, which is the reading today. And E5 Men is basically a movement of men that fast and pray for all the women in their lives once a month. Man, if you want to become godly and Christ-like and virtuous and build character and integrity, then we need to stop looking for what I want and look at what's best for her and my kids or all of those God puts in my path. Every man's called to be a father. And how does the father love? He reveals that through his son. He lays his life down for her. And when men love their wives this way, when, when a man is... This way, wives want to be under the mission, submission, under the mission of such a man. And so, marriage is holy. It's not us who define and determine how we're to live as male and female. It's God. He stamped it right in our bodies. We're called to be Eucharistic. What is the Eucharist? This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Every man and every woman are called to give their body and blood to each other, to lay down their lives, to, if you will, live the new covenant. This is what the Eucharist is. You see how important the Eucharist is. The church and the catechism says the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, meaning it's the source, the strength, the power. It's Jesus himself from which we live out this great call. 
the call to love as Christ loves. And so, at the end of this reading it says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Then he says, This is a great mystery. I speak in reference. Reference point. I speak in reference to Christ and the church. The reference point for humanity as Joshua spoke. The reference point for marriage and family as the Ephesians reading, Paul's inspired writings say, is Christ and the church. Where do we experience Christ becoming one with his bride, the church? At the wedding feast of the Lamb. And where is the wedding feast of the Lamb established at the Last Supper? And where does Christ say, do this in memory of me? What are we as Catholics doing here right now, right today? We're doing what he asks us in memory of him. We are sitting at the wedding feast of the Lamb where God the Son comes onto this altar and gives himself to his bride who comes up the aisle to receive the body of the bridegroom. The bridegroom and bride, the church and Christ become one at the Mass. There's Holy Communion. You see how important this is. The whole Bible cannot be properly understood unless the reference point is the Eucharist. Because the beginning of the Bible is about marriage. The end of the Bible is about marriage. The middle of the Bible has the Song of Songs, which is marriage love poetry. The whole Bible, the bookends of the Bible are marriage. And it matters that it's male and female. You know, in our world today, again, we have this whole idea that we can establish our own reference point. And it's only going to destroy and ruin marriage, family, and society. We as Catholics, as Christians, Protestants and Catholics, and brothers and sisters in Christ alike, we need to stand up and fight. Our current president, Obama, is promoting not Christ's plan. What are you going to do? How are you going to deal with this? What are we going to do? We got to pray. We got to fast. We got to act. We got to stand up for life, love, marriage, and family as God ordains it, not as humanity has decided because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We're going to let people do whatever they want. Where in any school does a teacher say, I don't want to hurt the kid's feelings, so I'm going to let them do what they want? Where in any sporting event does the referee say, let's let the players do what they want. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Where in any workplace does the boss or the CEO say, let's let everyone do what they want. They don't want to come to work. That's okay. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. This isn't about hurting feelings. This is about integrity, about God's design, God's plan, what's right and what's wrong, what's north and what's south, what's east and what's west. Look at the cross. We make the sign of the cross at every Mass, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Serving and loving and living Christ is not easy. You're going to feel challenged. And for those who struggle with same-sex attraction, this isn't a put-down on them. This is simply saying, I struggle with wanting to eat when I shouldn't eat or act on desires or feelings or passions that I have. I can't act on them. I'm a priest and I lay my life down for Christ and His church. And you, as married couples, lay your life down for Christ and the church. We have to respect and be obedient to Christ and His church and God's design. The word obedience in the middle has the words D-I-E, die. 
No cross, no crown, no gall, no glory, no pain, no gain. Where are you? What is your reference point for life? Whom are you serving? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say that? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the Eucharist. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your body, blood, soul, and divinity. To your name be glory, honor, and praise, now and forever and ever. Amen. And again, I encourage you to check out the website, WeddingFeastOfTheLamb.com, and watch the video on the Eucharist and share it with everyone. God bless you. May God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 